Phillips, moneymaker Chris, and joined as always by the one and only Mr. Jay Giles. Jay, how you doing here tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, happy to be back after taking a mini break. <laughs> yeah, taking a mini break. Absolutely glad to have you back. And thank you to um, Chrissy for filling in on the last episode. We appreciate you, but glad to have you back, my friend. Yes, thanks, thanks. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so, so sometimes I, you know, I got to go on those uh, ten day uh, disabled list. Yeah, on the disabled yeah. list. That's right. That's right. You now you're off the disabled list and you're good to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But a lot here to discuss here tonight. The final episode of the season. Plenty for us to discuss here tonight. Are you ready to get started? I am. All right. So let's start off with the World Series. Congrats to the Atlanta Braves for winning the World Series. Their first World Series since 1995 when they played the Indians. Um, they went up against the Houston Astros. And it was, a, for the most part, like the games that I got to see, it was a pretty, pretty good, pretty good World Series for the most part. Um, but I know, I know you. Obviously, we talked about this here many times, how you, you know, grew up watching and enjoying the Braves. I grew up, you know, enjoying the Braves as well. You know, you all used to be on TV all the time, you know, Greg Maddox, Chipper Jones, all those different guys over the years. But um, how do you feel about the Braves in this World Series, winning this World Series? You know what? I'm I'm happy that the team won, but I'm mm-hmm. not happy that the, the city of Atlanta won, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I totally understand. I totally understand you on but but at the same but at the same time I, I mean I I didn't want Houston to win at all. So. Yeah, no, no, no. We we could have those cheating Astros winning the yeah. World Series either. So I I much rather Atlanta win it than than Houston. It's, it's the lesser of two evils, basically. Pretty, pretty much for the for the most part for the most part it's the lesser the lesser of the two evils. I mean I still I still say that the Dodgers should have got there, but oh yeah I, I I definitely think they should have got there. Even the Giants, it seemed like it was their year to go on another one. Though. Because they, you know, they won a couple second of the World Series there for a while, but they hadn't won one in more recent recent years. So yeah, it went to the Atlanta Braves this time. Yeah, I mean that's one thing about baseball. When they get to the playoffs, you never know who's really gonna do what until they get there and do it. So. Mhm. Very, very true. Very true. And a typical, you know, if you, you know, follow the Braves over here, they're always kind of been known for their pitching. They kind of did won this World. Series. I mean, they had some good hitting as well, but they kind of did it. Did it with their pitching. I forgot, I forgot the guy's name. Um, he pitched the first game and he injured his leg and he continued to pitch throughout the game, but then he ended up missing the rest of the season. I forgot his name, but he was pitching for the Braves and he hurt his hurt his leg, but he continued to pitch. But um, yeah, it was t- typical typical Braves when it came to like pitching in this World Series. Um, any thoughts about that? They even had Greg Max one of the games he threw out throughout the first pitching one of the games too. Yeah, actually, it was the it was the game where they thought that you know they was gonna wrap it up and you know you have Maddox there and, and everything. Yeah. And the Astros said, "No, not tonight." You know, no, no, not so, tonight. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shoot, you even had Chipper Jones there in in the in the stands, and he realized, you know, I I can't catch these uh, fly balls anymore. Exactly, exactly. I thought that old Chipper Jones from back in the day anymore. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, but it was cool to have some of the, you know, some of the Braves legends there and everything. That that was cool. So. Yeah, I saw Andrew Jones. He was at one of the games too. I hadn't seen him in a while. That was cool. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I I didn't see that one. So. Yeah, I can't remember which game it was, but they were showing people in the crowd and they showed him. I said, "Oh, Andrew Jones." I said, I, I didn't heard that name. I've seen him in a while. 
was nice yeah. to see him. So, yeah. But I mean, but overall, I mean, it, it, like I say, it was cool, like to acknowledge some of the legends that I don't care how far away we get away from them playing for the Braves. They will always be brave legends, you know? So, yeah, that took me back to my childhood. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And they won that final game of 7-0 in game six. It was six games. And the World Series MVP was um, Jorge Soler. Um, he came on and in game one, he hit a leadoff home run in that game. Game four, he hit a pinch hit, go ahead home run. And in game six, he hit a third home run in the series, a 446-foot uh, uh, 3-1 home run to put the Braves up 3 nothing. He ended up winning the um, MVP. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, he, he went out there and... Because, you know, it's, it's always interesting how once again like with baseball even well actually i say all sports when when you get to your championship game baseball world series nba finals super bowl you know and everything like that it's always interesting how sometimes it's someone that you least expect to they will get hot and next thing you know they're holding up the MVP trophy. So yeah, you've noticed that a lot across sports. So when it comes to like the championship game, people do you at least expect to win? Like hmm, that guy won the MVP. You know, it's never none of like a big name player to do. Obviously, we think would win. It's always somebody you would least expect winning that award. That was that was the case here. Yeah. So I, I, I guess that's always kind of a thing to watch out for, unless it's somebody you know, like like a Michael Jordan type, because it didn't matter, you know, Jordan was gonna be the MVP, you know, type of thing. But when it comes to like other people, yeah, it's all it's always some random person that you at least expect. I mean, to go to, to go to football for a second, look at some of the people that's won the the Super Bowl MVP. Not always been the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's the only person that truly matters. But you know, you—I mean, look at some of them Super Bowls that Tom Brady won. He didn't win the MVP in all those. No, didn't Deion Branch win one? I think he won the MVP in one of them. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's interesting how that works itself out. How certain role players, basically. You know, they just step up their game in in critical situations and shoot, they become a doggone, you know, a MVP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a funny thing too. I didn't realize this. I was reading it. They said he was on that Cubs uh, World Series team as well in uh, 2016. Mm. Okay, that's All pretty right. cool. And also too, he was considered like a DH in this series. He was the fourth um, World Series MVP to um, be a DH to win it. The other one. Paul Molitor, uh, Hideki Mansui for the Yankees, and then, of course, Big Poppy, David Ortiz in uh, 2013. So the fourth DH to win uh, World Series MVP. You said Paul Molitor? Yeah. That's some. Yeah. You know, that's, a, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. I know, like I said, Derek, they were saying that was, saying that was, that was in 1993. I haven't heard that name in a like, long time either, man. I was like, Paul Molitor. I was like, shit. I haven't heard, like I said, I haven't heard that name forever. That's, that's why I brought, that's why I said, I was like, Paul Molitor. Like, what? Exactly. I, I, I thought the same thing when I was reading. I said, Paul Molitor. And I haven't heard that name in a long 
I, I just had the same reaction. Same reaction. It's almost like saying Jay Buner or somebody like that. You know? Exactly, exactly. Like really going back in the fourth, you know, former, former MLB player. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, that that's that's how you know we really watch the games when you when you can pull a you know a name like that out of a hat. You know, mm-hmm. it makes you really think like, man, I remember them from back in the day when I was growing up. <laughs> hey. Oh man, bro. Many other thoughts on the World Series. Overall, I thought it was a pretty pretty solid World Series. I thought. I mean, I, I think that this was a very good playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. It was. It was. And, and, you know, who we thought and wanted to get there, they didn't. Mm-hmm. So it, it showed that, you know, it wasn't like a clear cut, you know, favorite or just who you naturally assume was going to get there and win. You know, the other teams said, yeah, not so much, even though could have deal without the Astros being there. But yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. could do without them. <laughs> but but it is what it is, and they lost. So yeah, but um, the playoffs was good. Uh, I think it was a solid World Series. Um, unfortunately, like I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point when I say this. But you know, who who of these teams help sells the sport what eyes did we get any, did, did did this world series get any new eyes you know did it get any new eyes on it you know who's helping sell this as far from a player standpoint i don't know that's 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 because you had some names you know like Freddie freeman you played for the braves and everything you got some people for the astros but you both of these are teams I would say are kind of like regional teams, like, you know, obviously Atlanta, Atlanta, Houston, Houston, but these aren't, I guess I would say, you know, transcending teams or necessarily transcending players on either side. It's going to say, oh, man, I'm going to, you know, turn a casual fan or somebody that usually doesn't even watch baseball, turn them into a to a baseball fan. If you're fans of these teams, you're going to pay attention, but is it, like you said, are they going to bring in new fans with these? I don't know. I, that's, that's hard to say. I, I I don't necessarily see it, really. Yeah. And, I mean, like I say, we, we've had this conversation a many a time oh, on yes. this podcast. Yes. And it just it's just sad that, like I say, this is, our, this is America's oldest sport. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they can't attract new fans. It's like, basically, whoever watches the game, that's who you got. Is is they're not bringing in any new eyes. I mean, you might get some casuals here and there, but for the most part, it's that core, you know, fan base that's mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. us that's been watching since we get. I, I you know, I, I actually honestly feel like I'm more of a casual fan now mm-hmm. than I was when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I still pay attention to the games i still and this is this has nothing to do with the podcast it's just i still pay attention i still relatively in the know of some stuff um mm-hmm. you know but where where are the people you know where are the kids like when we were growing up where are the kids now that's mm-hmm. really watching it just for the pure enjoyment of it yeah, you're not. You may have a few here and there, but most of those kids they're gravitating more to basketball, 
with football. Heck, maybe even in some cases soccer too. More yep. so than I think baseball, it seems like. Like we grew up loving the game. Yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. Like I say, a very solid World Series, a solid playoffs, but because I mean, I don't know if you have the ratings in front of you or not, but be interesting to see like what exactly you did the World Series rating draw. Yeah, I don't. I can look it up, but I'd be very, very curious. Like I said, it's probably definitely heavily people in both of those markets, but outside of that, like who was really paying attention to the World Series like that? It's, it's just. Yeah, I say it's, it's 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 very tough. It's very tough to kind of for baseball in general to like draw in, drawing a new audience, drawing like like say people like me and you they grew up like the game. Sure, we're gonna watch, we're gonna pay attention. What about the kids that are growing up now in this generation? They're not yeah. gravitating to baseball the way we did. And and the game has a lot of you know star quality players. It's just that they don't market them. No, they really don't. It said to see the 2000, uh, the 2021 World Series ever, the 11.75 billion viewers for the Braves, six games set against the uh, Houston Astros on Fox. The final game of the series drew 14.3 million total viewers, up from 12.6 million viewers for game six of the 2020 World Series. Hmm. Now, I wonder, now, I mean, the 20, 2020 World Series is kind of skewed because it was yeah. a short season. Short season, and- yeah people dealing with the pandemic and everything like that. So mm. that number is, I feel like it's a little skewed, but still four, I mean, 14 million, that's still a lot of people. So yeah, like, I say, people. like I said, I, I, I wonder how many people is that from Houston? How many people is that from, from Atlanta combi- and combined do, mm. do that equal to 14 million? Or is that 14 million, you know, nationwide as far as, Everybody in every state was pretty much watching, or is it the bulk of that from these two cities? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I think in general, I think just the World Series in itself is gonna draw a certain audience. People are gonna tune. Oh, you know, it's the World Series, so you're gonna get some people that's gonna tune in for that. Obviously, gonna have people from the Houston market and the um, Atlanta market that's gonna tune in. You know, the fans of the team. But like I said, how many new viewers? People that are New to the game and just like kids and stuff and other you know casual friends. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually tuning in to watch. Like I said, there wasn't there, there was some names in here, but it wasn't like you know the big time like when we come you know the Ken Griffey Jr. the Cal Ripken big names like that in this World Series. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, so that is the World Series for this year. Now let's get into some of these awards. So um, they've been announcing past couple of weeks, the different awards, you know, MVP, Cy Young, and everything. They've been announcing the different final um, season and awards for the um, MLB season. Um, and the first um, award that went out, they gave out the um, Hank Aaron Award. And basically, the Hank Aaron Award is given annually to players, um, the top hitter from each league, the American and National League. And it's been in place since uh, 1999. It was um, to commemorate the 25th anniversary of Hank Aaron uh, surpassing Babe Ruth's uh, career uh, 714 uh, home run. So for this year, on the AL side, it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who won it. And on the National League side, it was Bryce Harper. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, two people that are star, superstar, um, quality type player. 
Yes, I'm saying Bryce Harper is a superstar quality player. I can't believe it. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, but still, but they are, you know, you know, bigger names in the sport, um, and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, Vlad, he he deserves it, um, and everything. And I mean, Bryce, it's kind of funny how it's like, I don't think we really talked too much about him this season, but. I guess he had a pretty solid season. So he was one of those ones. He kind of came on strong toward the back end of the season. He started off pretty good, but it was like kind of toward the end of the season where he really kind of kind of caught fire here. So I think that's one of the things that kind of kind of did it for him because he finished batting uh, 309. He had 35 home runs, 151 hits with 84. RBI. So he just kind of caught fire late and he kind of really got into that MVP race. So I think that's one of the things that kind of did it for him. Oh, okay. So congratulations to both of those guys. And then we go to the manager of the year for the um, AL side. Now the finalists on the American League side was Dusty Baker, um, Scott Surveyus from the uh, Mariners, and Kevin Cash from the from Tampa Bay. Uh, across Tampa Bay, they won the AL East. They won 100, 100 games, and obviously Dusty got to the World Series with the um, Astros and the Mariners. They had a pretty good season. They went ninety and ninety and seventy two, but ultimately it went to Kevin Cash. Actually, he's back to back managers of the year. So he's got um, one of the past two seasons. So, any thoughts on that? I mean, it, you know, Tampa Bay is an interesting team i mean we talked about it on the you know uh what episode 49 no uh, yeah i believe so 40, yeah yeah 49 where we talked about the history of the tampa bay rays and just how this franchise has kind of turned itself around and has become you know more of a contender you know, on a on a regular basis, is it's not like oh, you know, we had a fluke season and we just go back into the dumpster. Talking about you, Marlins, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but but uh, but no, they they've turned into you know a very solid team. They don't have a big payroll. They don't have you know big star quality players, but they have the right type of players. And they go out and get the job done. Now, did that translate to them, you know, having a, you know, a big postseason run? No. But at the same time, if you look at historically what his team has been and where it is now, I would say they are one of the more successful franchises of today. And just you know, they just seem to get the right quality of players on that team. Like I say, no one's big and flashy and making it about me, 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 you know, type of thing. You know, they just have a a good, solid group of guys. And I want to say it starts with the manager, you know, Kevin Cash, really, you know, he, I, I feel like he sets the tone for that team. And those are the type of players that he get, you know, that kind of fits more of his personality and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause he, he's not even one of those managers that, you know, that just stands out. 
Mm-hmm. Know, he goes about his business managing mm-hmm. his team. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And nothing so wrong yeah. with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. So I mean, he he deserves it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. He definitely does. It's just amazing to see where Tampa Bay has come for a long time. They, they, they were they were awful. They were like almost one of the you know laughing spots of the league. Now they've become like legit contenders. Not a lot of household names and nothing out there. Not super flashy and everything like that. But they just kind of get the job done. It's, would it be a fair comparison to kind of compare them like in a basketball standpoint, kind of like the like the little Spurs teams? Like they weren't super flashy, but they were just fundamentally sound. It was just, you know, obviously, you know, they're not winning the championship that those teams did, but it's kind of just a fundamentally sound, not super flashy. You just go out there and you just play the game the right way. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, but I, I would say the difference is that uh, Kevin Cash is nothing from a person sta- personality standpoint like uh, Greg Popovich. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, uh, but but yeah, I mean, but as far as what we're talking about, yeah, I, I think that's a fair, solid comparison. So maybe they maybe they need a Tim Duncan ish type of a player. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that will take them to that you know next level. Maybe so. All right, now over to the NL side, the finalists for the um, manager of the year. You had the um, Cardinals, uh, Mike Schultz, um, Gabe Kapler from the Giants, and Craig Council from the from the Brewers. Um, the Brewers, they won the Central. They were 95 and 67. Of course, the Cardinals, they made the um, postseason. They were uh, 90 and 72, and they went on that winning streak. They won like, like 17, 18 games in a row. They had a good good season, and then of course the Giants um, were neck and neck with the Dodgers, and the winning the NL West, going uh, 107 and 55. But ultimately, it was Gabe Kapler who won Manager of the Year on the NL side. Thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know too much about him. Um, no, me like But I mean, I mean, his team has a pretty solid season, also. So yeah, I guess he deserved it too. I guess he deserved it too. As well, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, and it's crazy. I, I guess you know. Obviously, they had a good season, but it's amazing that um, like the guy from the Cardinals was nominated, and then he ended up getting fired from the team. But he was still a finalist for the for the um, National League of Manager of the Year. That's yeah, yeah. I'm the manager. I'm I'm, I'm manager of the year, but I got fired. Exactly. Exactly. That, that that that's crazy. Unbelievable. That's 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 a wild one right there. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Now over to the um, now the Cy Young Award on the American League side. You had your finalists. You had uh, Garrett Cole from the Yankees. You had Lance Lynn from the White Sox, and you had Robbie Ray from the from the Blue Jays. Uh, let's see. Cole he was sixteen and eight on the season. He had a three point two three ERA with two hundred forty eight strikeouts. Uh, Lance Lynn, he went 11 and 6 with a 2.69 ERA and 178 strikeouts. And Robbie Ray had thir- was 13 and 7 with a 2.84 um, ERA, and he led the league, the American League, with 248 strikeouts. And he ended up winning the um, winning the Cy Young Award. Like I said, I'm not totally familiar with him, but congrats to him on winning the um, AL Cy Young. I mean, look on that. Yeah, I mean the same. I'm I'm not too familiar with him, but you know, congratulations. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, let's see. Now over to the NL side, the Cy Young finalists. Uh, you had Corbin Burns from the Brewers. You had Zach Wheeler from the Phillies, and we had our guy uh, Max Scherzer from the Dodgers. Those are the three finalists on the NL side. Uh, Corbin, he was 11-5 with a 2.43 ERA with 234 strikeouts. Wheeler was 14-10 with a 2.78 ERA. And he led the National League with 247 strikeouts. And good old Mad Max was 15 and 4 with a 2.46 ERA with 236 strikeouts. 147 of them was with the Nats, 89 was with the Dodgers. And then a, and a big, huge upset here, I feel, and I'm sure you probably feel as well Corbin Burns won the Cy Young on the National League side. I was very surprised by that. I know you had some thoughts on that one. Uh, I, you know, I, I wonder, did Max not get votes because he switched, um, you know, from the NL to, to the AL? I mean, no, no, I'm sorry. No, no, he stayed oh, in. Yeah. yeah, he stayed he, in. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Um, well, I should say, do you think he lost votes because he he switched teams? That, that could be a possibility. That's, I was thinking the same thing too, but. He was solid for the Nationals, and then when he went to the Dodgers, he was he was lights out. He was he was must see TV. He I don't think he even lost the game. This he went over there. He got a couple of no decisions, but he was he was money when he was going on to the mound for them. I'm, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with it, but that that could have that could have played a role maybe possibly. Yeah, you know you know how sometimes you know they they hold stuff against you for whatever reason. I don't yeah, know. I never I never understand that, but I never understand that either because he because me he should have been he should have been a clear cut favorite amongst, amongst these guys. That's what. No disrespecting these guys, but still. Exactly. I think no, no. Well, well, that that kind of goes without saying. But. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. But um, congrats to Mr. Corbin on winning the Cy Young on that side. And let me see. Let's go over to the um AL uh, rookies of the year. Uh, your, your three finalists. You had from yeah, two guys from Tampa Bay actually. You had Wander Franco. Uh, and Randy uh, Rosarina, and then you got Luis Garcia from uh, Houston. Um, Franco, he hit 288, seven home runs, 81 hits, 39 RBIs. Randy had um, 145 hits, 20 home runs, 270. I mean, not 200. He batted 274 with 69 RBIs, and then Luis Garcia. He was actually a pitcher that was in the mix. He went 11 and 8 with, uh, let's see, ERA was 3.48. He had 167 strikeouts. And the winner was Randy Orizina. He ended up winning. Like I said, a guy I'm not totally familiar with, but a guy coming from Tampa Bay. That's one of the rising stars for them. Any um, thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like we kind of talked about earlier about Tampa Bay and, and it's, you know, quality of players i mean he just is another example of what we we're talking about there and yeah congratulations to you know tampa bay you know at least, yeah, at least two, some, yeah, two, two finals for the rookie of the year that's that's pretty good at, at least at least some somebody from florida is doing something in baseball <laughs> doing something to represent absolutely absolutely and then on the um nl side for rookie of the year now here we go we got one the guys from the Marlins, uh, Trevor Rogers, he was one of the finalists, uh, Jonathan India, and then you got from the Cardinals, Dylan Carr Carlson, uh, he was one of the finalists. 
Uh, Trevor, he was a pitcher. He was 7-8 and eight with a 2.64 ERA. Uh, Jonathan India, he hit 269, 21 home runs, 143 hits with 69 RBIs. And then Dylan, he hit 266 with 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, and 144 hits. And uh, Jonathan India ended up winning it from the Cincinnati Reds. So, any thoughts on that? Well, I'm sure uh, Chrissy is happy about that. You know, somebody she from was, the Reds. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't familiar with him, but she, she was happy about that. She said she was familiar with him, and she was happy with that move. So, good yeah. Uh, yeah, congratulations to him. I mean, you know, just to see what he do uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, with all these, you know, these names in there for Rookie of the Year, I hopefully these are some of the, you know, future stars of the game. Hopefully guys we get, you know, more familiarized with we see them. I know we've talked about how people, you know, be marketing the game and everything, but hopefully we see some of these guys, you know, down the line become big time stars for baseball. Yep. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let me see here. This said this said this was the first time back here. Oh yeah, for the MV for the the MVP race. They said this was the first time ever that you had three players who ended the season under 23 years old that were the finalists for the MVP. You had um, Vlad Guerrero Jr., you had Juan Soto, and you had Fernando Tatis. So you had some young guys in the MVP mix for this year. Um, how you feel about that? Uh, I mean, you just named some of the the what I feel are the big name stars of baseball, and yeah, I mean. There's a reason for it because they are that that good, and Absolutely. so they should so they should be you know nominated and and winning awards and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And now over to the MVP race on the AL side. Your finalists for MVP MVP. You had uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You had uh, Marcus Semien, two guys from the um, Blue Jays, and of course we had Shohei. Shohei Otani, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who ended the season batting 311, 48 home runs. Um, he led the majors with that with 48 home runs, 188 hits, and 111 RBIs. Uh, Marcus, he hit 265 with 45 home runs, 173 hits, and 102 um, RBIs. And, of course, uh, Shohei Otani, I mean, the, <laughs> what he did on the mound and at the plate was unbelievable. Unbelievable. He hit 257. 46 home runs, 100 RBIs, 138 hits. And then on the mound, he was 9 and 2 with a 3.18 ERA on the season with 156 strikeouts. And unanimously, the unanimous MVP was no other than Shohei Otani. Um, thoughts on this one? I mean, he more than deserved it. Um, you know, we kind of talked a little bit back and forth about. We don't know if him and um, Vlad Jr. was going to, you know, coexist, you know, and everything. Well, not coexist, but be co-award uh, winners, basically. Um, but since it was unanimous, you know, everybody just felt, hey, well, Shohei, he showed out on both sides. So there you go. And I thought it was interesting, too, that, you know, they shut him down from being a pitcher for the rest of the season. Mhm. So, hmm. I I wonder if that played a factor in it as well for him. You know, 
Because we don't, okay, he went nine and two, but if, if he still had a few games, how many of those games do he win? How many games do he lose? You know, or have a no decision? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But Very still, I, I, I don't think we will ever get another two way player at the level that he is. And Z, but at the same time, too, is that with him doing this this season, He's going to have to come back next season and do it all over again. That's the thing. The expectations are going to be even higher for him. They say, okay, you did this. You won the MVP. You're doing both, pitching and hitting. How are you going to top that? What, 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 what's, what's next for you? Exactly. Next, mm-hmm. I mean, could he be in the mix for the Cy Young next year? You win the Cy Young and MVP? I mean, that, that, that would be something. <laughs> like I say, we just have to wait and see how, how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So big, big props go out to him. And now, last but not least, of the awards, uh, you had the NL MVP. You had the finalists. You had, you had very good finalists for this one. You had Fernando Tatis Jr., the Nats Juan Soto, and one and only Mr. Bryce Bryce Harper. Fernando Tatis Jr. He hit 282 with 42 home runs, 135 hits, and 97 RBIs. Juan Soto hit 313, 29 home runs, 157 hits, 95 RBIs. And I mentioned Bryce, that's how I mentioned him again. He hit 309, 35 home runs, 151 hits, and 84 RBIs. And Bryce Harper won the MVP, his second MVP award. He won it back in 2015 when he was with the Nationals. So now he's a two-time league MVP. Uh, also, Mr. Bryce Harper winning MVP this season. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if he truly deserved to be the MVP. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too because, like I said, he came on kind of late in the season. He started off okay, but he kind of caught fire late in the season because the Phillies were kind of in the playoff mix, and his numbers were pretty solid, like, closing out the season. But I think overall, I think Soto and Fernando Tatis overall had a better – I think if Fernando Tatis he – he had a couple of stints on the disabled list. I think mm-hmm. if he hadn't have been hurt, I think he might would have ran away. Because yeah, he, he started off doing pretty good. I think he would have won it. Yeah, I can see that. But I still don't see how Bryce Harper, like, really? <laughs> yeah, that kind of that kind of caught me by surprise. Because some people were saying that he was going to be in the mix. But, yeah, I was, I was a little pleasantly surprised by that myself. I, I, I really was. I mean, the other two, I'm not really surprised by. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, I say this, uh, <laughs> him being, I'm pretty sure he was just like randomly in the mix, and then they just said, "Nah, you can win it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy too because they said, um, actually Fernando Tatis Jr. He actually finished, um, finished third. They said Juan Soto finished second behind Bryce Harper in the vote. And they said uh, Soto received. Six of the first place votes and eleven of the second place votes. So, so Fernando Tatis finished behind both of them, which is a little surprising too. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, you know him being hurt mm-hmm. probably hurt probably hurt his chances of winning. I think I think I think I think that's I think that's what it was. 
that if he if he had been healthy the whole stretch the way he was playing there for a while, I think he would have he would have ran away with that award. Oh, no question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a couple other things. Um, the Silver Slugger Award normally they give that to the best posi- um, player at each um, player's position. So um, some of the guys that won on the AL side, you had um, Aaron Judge. He won. Shohei Otani. He won. Glad McGraw went for first base. Uh, let me see on the National League side. Uh, Buster Posey won it for catcher. Frank Freeman won for first base. Fernando Tatis Jr. won for shortstop. Juan Soto got one. Harper got one. Those are some of your um, top players of each position in each league. Uh, some of the um, Silver Slugger winners. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, quite a few familiar names. Uh, you know, kind of ring out. Um, but uh yeah um congratulations to him for winning the silver slug award mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and check this out too some of the last um on um, both sides on the nl side and uh, on al sides some of your uh last 10 mvps like on the, on the national league side going back to uh 2001 you had ryan braun 2012 you had buster posey uh 2013 you had andrew mccutcheon 2014 you had Clayton Kershaw. 2015, you had Bryce Harper. 2016, Chris Bryant. 2017, um, Paulo Stanton. 2018, you had Christian Yelich. 2019, Cody Bellinger. And 2020, you had Freddie Freeman. Those were your last 10 MVPs on the NL side. Good talent there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even, even old Mr. Ryan Braun. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, quite a few familiar names show up there. Mm-hmm. And same thing on the um, AL side too. Uh, you had uh, 2011. You had Justin Verlander. It's crazy. 2011, 12, and 13 was all guys from the Tigers. You had Verlander in 2011, 2012. You had Miguel Cabrera. Oh, he went back to back years. 2012 and 2013, he was the MVP. And then you had Mike Trout. Won it in 2014, 20, 2015, Josh Donaldson, 2016, Mike Trout won it again. You had Jose Altuve from the 2017, Mookie Betts won it in 2018. Mike Trout, he won it three times, 2014, 16, and 19. And then you had Jose Abreu won it in 2020. So that's, that's an interesting <laughs> there as well. I mean, a couple yeah. of times, multiple times, too. <laughs> that's kind of crazy, right? Shoot. Yeah, unbelievable. Believable, but um, any other thoughts on that? Any other thoughts on that? That's all the awards for the um, 2021 season. Any, th- any more thoughts? No, no, that's that's pretty much it for me. Mhm, mhm. All right, so we kind of continue what we've been doing here. We've been kind of covering, going to be covering each league in each division and the teams within those divisions. We've been focusing on the AL East, um, we talked about the Blue Jays, we talked about the Rays, and now we're about to talk about the Baltimore, Baltimore Orioles. Um, it's crazy, they were established, they've been around since 1901. That's unbelievable. Hmm. 1901, I didn't realize they had been around that long. Um, and actually, it's crazy, they said they, in 1901 they were called the Milwaukee Brewers, and then 1902 to 1953, it was the St. Louis Browns, and from 1954 to present, they were the Baltimore Orioles, and um, the 
nicknames over the years. The O's, the Birds. Why not Orioles in 1989? That's interesting. Buckle up, Birds in 2012. Um, they played in quite a few ballparks over the time period. Uh, 1901, they were at Laurel, Laurel, Lloyd Street grounds in 1901. Sportsman Park from 1902 to 1953. Memorial Stadium from 1954 until 1991. And uh, Camden Yard, Oriole Park at Camden Yards from 1992 to the present. Uh, they've won three World Series in 1966, 1970, 1983. They have seven NL, eight, NL, NL pennants, 1954-1966-1970-71-79-1983. And they've had three wildcard breaks in 96, 2012, and in 2016. Um, they're owned by uh, Peter Angelos. Um, team president is John P. Angelos. And general manager is Mike Ellis. And manager, current manager is uh, Brandon High. And before the Nationals were in town, that was the local team in the kind of D.C. area. We for the Orioles. Many a times going out to Orioles, Orioles games, going out to Camden Yards for games. It's one of the most, I mean, there's a lot of nice ballparks in baseball, but Camden Yards is definitely one of the most beautiful ballparks in all of baseball. A lot of rich history there, a lot of great um, games and stuff have played there. So many great players have played there over the years. You know, Chuck Ripken, who we've talked about many a times on here, Eddie Murray, Jim Palmer. The list goes on. I said Eddie, I think I said Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray was another one of the great players. Mm-hmm. They've had some great talent over the years. But um, thoughts on the Baltimore Orioles? I mean, they they've always, at least when 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 we were kids, they were somewhat of a solid team. I mean, they never like ran away with the division. Um, I think, but they've always been a solid workhorse type of a team. Um, and we talk about when we were kids, which is when um, you know, the lizard, um, king, as I like to refer to him as, and um, what's his name, Cal Ripken. That's all. I, I, that's that's a nickname I used to I, I used to like call him because I felt like the fact that he could hit the ball the way he did. It's like a lizard, you know, the way he mm-hmm. he would move because he he would not do anything overtly, um, you know, overtly flashy, but he just hit the ball, and mm-hmm. it, it it was always you know fun to watch, um, and everything. So th- that was always something for me growing up. But this, I, I'm I'm kind of tripping out about the fact that this organization. <laughs> was the original Milwaukee Brewers? Like what? Did that? I did that. I did, I did not know that. I did not. I was pleasantly surprised. But I had to. Oh, I had to make sure I was reading that correctly. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, yeah. That's. It, I mean, it's 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 funny when we talk about these teams and because of the fact they've been around forever, some of that stuff from way back when. You know, it's 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 interesting, um, mm-hmm. and everything. 
And like you were saying earlier too about the fact that this, you know, uh, Camden Yard, you know, that that stadium, I feel like it's it's one of those it's one of those landmarks in baseball too. You know, mm-hmm. it it just has a different type of aura about it. It um, does, and everything. And let's say it's probably one of the cooler. I won't say stadiums and sports in general, not not just in baseball, but in general, because it's one of them that it, it doesn't look no no other. I don't think there's no other um, stadium that has that type of a look to it. Mm-hmm. Especially with the warehouse there over there on that Utah Street side, that warehouse yeah, really which, kind of stands out. Which I'm still surprised that. You know, with those windows that not too many people has ever smashed a window with a home run. Exactly. Still to this day, the only person that's hit a ball off that off that um warehouse is Ken Griffey Jr. And I think it was a '93 home run. He's the only one, and I'm surprised all the great hitters that have been there over the years. He's the only one that's hit a ball off that warehouse. That's 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 amazing to me. Exactly. So it's 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 it's, it's crazy. Um. But yeah, they, uh, unfortunately, it's like the team has just kind of went down. Yeah. You don't really, I mean, just think about it. In three years we've been doing this show, they have always been somewhere at the bottom. You know, yeah. The yeah, which is sad. A team that has the history and stuff that they do and has some of the great players that have played over there over the years, mm-hmm. for them to really be at the bottom. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It's just, it's just crazy. They just can't seem to, can't seem to get around. I know they're in a competitive division. You got a division with the Yankees, the Red Sox, where Tampa Bay has kind of risen in recent years. But still, the Orioles should be right in that mix too. I would think. You would think, but mm-hmm. but, they, but they aren't. They just kind of basically just fell off the, fell off the baseball map. They really have. They really have, and they have retired uh, seven. Players' uh, numbers over the years. Um, any guesses? I know obviously there's obviously one, but anybody any guesses of any of the players that they retired? Uh, well, besides that one, um, yeah. Huh. Well, well, I don't, I don't think they retired his jersey because. Or Hershiser? No. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Um. Was it Eddie Murray? Freddie, Freddie, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray. Okay, Eddie, Eddie Murray. Murray. Mm-hmm. And right. everybody has everybody has forty two retired. So that's one. And then there's also Earl Weaver. Um, what's it? Uh, Brooks Robinson, uh, Frank Robinson, Jim Palmer, and yeah, that, that's it. That's everybody. And obviously, you know, Ripken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a no. Yeah, right. That's a no brainer right there. I I I love their I've loved they've had a variety of different uniform combinations over the years, different um logos and stuff on the hat. I love their the black jerseys with like the orange letter. I think those are some of the best uniforms in baseball. And those orange jerseys, they they kind of brought them back, but they kind of I think in like the seventies, eighties, they used to wear the orange with the white pants. Those are really those are really nice too. So I I, I like their jerseys too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I like their uniforms as well, especially that black and orange. It, that it black does. and orange, yeah. That, 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 that's very, very nice. Very, 
Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just remember there's so many good memories of just going to going to Orioles games over the years. You know, seeing Cal Ripken signing autographs uh, before the game. You know, see guys like you know Freddie Anderson, B.J. Serhoff, oh, um, <laughs> oh, Mr. Um, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Bonilla. Played yeah, dude, yeah. yeah. For a little bit, too. Yeah, go, go Bobby Bonilla. Oh, Bobby, oh, Bobby Bonilla with that beautiful, beautiful contract. Still getting paid. <laughs> Smiling every every July 1st. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. Good stuff. But, yeah, I, like I said, the Orioles, like I said, they've had some. Oh, I forgot for a little bit. Um, oh, one, um, a couple seasons. Oh, Sammy Sosa played there for a little bit, too. I forgot about that. I completely, I completely do not remember that. Yes, Sammy, on the back end of his career, Sammy Sosa played for the Baltimore Orioles. He played for him for a couple of, couple of seasons. I, I do, I do remember that. Let me look up to see the exact years. But let me see. He played with the Orioles. Yeah, during the 2005 season, he played for the Orioles. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he disappeared and became a Dick Tracy villain. So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. He played there. Albert Bell. He played there. You remember him? He played there. For yes, the Albert Bell. Yeah, yeah. I Albert, Albert Bell, Bell played there. Damn. Um, what's his name? Eric Davis played there for a little bit. Yeah. Very, very underrated player. People don't talking about Eric Davis. Maybe, I think maybe next season maybe we need to talk about Eric. Eric Davis was a very good player. Unfortunately, I think he's probably best remembered now for uh, for when the um, for what was it the uh, opening pitch and and it went haywire and he just had this look. Of I think like, so. The hell was that? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you need to realize this, this guy, you know, especially with those Reds, they need for the Orioles. Yes, with the Orioles too. He was a very good player. Maybe that's something like that we need to get into next season. Talk about Eric Davis. I, I remember seeing him playing for the Orioles. He, he, he was he was fun to watch. Yeah. Seeing highlights of him with the Reds too. Yeah, you know, I always felt like him, him and Kenny Lofton always kind of reminded me a little bit of each other. So. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can, yeah. I can, I can, I can definitely see that. Another, another great player, Kenny, Kenny Lofton. But yeah, that's 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 the um that's the Baltimore Orioles. Let's see, they got a winning um win loss record. They've won five thousand three hundred eighty three games and have lost five thousand three hundred nineteen games. Good lord! <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's wild. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of those losses have come in recent times. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 unbelievable. And if you go back, and that's just from since they moved to Baltimore in uh 1954. If you go back to all the way to 1901, they're 8,845 to 9,873. If you go all the way back to when they were the original Milwaukee Brewers, if you count that, that's just the time from when they were in Baltimore. I, I, I decided to double check that. Okay, okay. So wow. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and just for anyone who don't know, that is a hundred years. Yes, that is that 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 def, that is a hundred a hundred years. Team has been around for a hundred years. That's 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 amazing. It really is. It really is. And I like the and um also 
two, what they got one of the best mascots too. Everybody talks about you know Philly fanatic and different ones. You know the Oreo. I mean that's when they got the Screech Bird and everything. That Oreo Bird is very very entertaining. I've been to many games with Oreo Bird is always doing some antics and everything. I don't think he gets enough appreciation. They talk about the top mascot. That Oreo Bird. I don't think he has a specific name like some of the people have names. I think just Oreo Bird is very intense, very <laughs> underrated man. Underrated mascot, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see him being an underrated mascot. Absolutely. I, told you, I remember so many times going to games where he would do all these different antics and everything, and I just be cracking up. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy the different logos they've had um, with the Oreo birds. You look at like some of the Orioles' logos over there. They've had some pretty interesting. There's one where um, it's got the bird and the eyes are real big. He's like holding the bag. And he looks like real, like terrified. Like, oh my god, that was actually the logo for a little bit. So, if you look at like Orioles, like logos over the years, they've had some very interesting Orioles logos over the years. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, anything else on the, um, on the O's? No, that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much it for this. This season, it's been a, it's been it's been a good season. Another good season, a lot of good topics. Um, just you know, just real quick, just overall thoughts on the season. You know, on the show here, just overall thoughts on the overall like season. Before we wrap up here. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I feel like we covered a lot of cool stuff this year. Um, as far as the baseball itself, uh, I felt like it was a really good season. The fact that you know this was the you know full season after the shortened season and we wasn't too sure how things might go because we were kind of thinking like hey could it possibly be where you know if there's another outbreak and everything like this as far as COVID go would it kind of ruin things but it didn't and yeah it was a it was some I, I, I think there was some really good moments uh this season of course we had probably we witnessed history, um, for one, mm-hmm. with Shohei mm-hmm. and what he did, um, and everything. Um, of course, Max, you know, being Max, um, and everything. But yeah, I feel like it was a very good, solid baseball season. It really was. It, it really was. I was very pleased with this season, and it was nice to see guys like Black Junior, Fernando Tatis, you know. On Soto, Shohei with what he was doing, some of the um the heat and stuff that we mentioned. Everything. It's actually, it was good to see guys like that. It goes to show you that the that baseball has a bright future and it's in it's in good hands. And it's hopefully they do a better job overall of like marketing some of these guys and kind of just appealing to appealing to a younger audience. I feel. Yeah, agreed. But overall, I thought it was a good season. Oh. One, one, one last thing. Uh, Max Scherzer, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to hit the free agent market. Where do you think he lands? Do you think he stays with the Dodgers, or do you think somebody else lands him? If the Dodgers are smart, which I think they are, they would re-sign him. Mm-hmm. They, they agree. They agree. And I've already, see, already seen two signings so far. Uh, we got Noah Sendergaard. He's going over to the Angels on a one-year, $21 million deal. And Justin Verlander, he's staying with the Astros on a one-year deal. I don't see the actual money going, but he's staying with the Astros. 
on a one-year deal. I think that's a good look for the Angels. Um, Pitching and add somebody else to go with uh, Shohei. So they got Noah. Um, one over there. I think that's a good look for them. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. Well, thank you, Jay. Another good season of the Grand Slam podcast. Um, anything you want to plug and promote, sir? Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, over on Movie Talk, um, we started, me and Keto, we started the Rocky series. And we already did Rocky. Um, that was last week. Um, that came out. And, um, now we're moving on to good old Rocky 2, where we were joined by a friend of the show, Jeff, from uh, Jeff versus the World. Um, we did a Rocky two and we kind of talked about some of that Rocky math as far as him. He earned $150,000 for his fight with Apollo, but he walked away with 37,000. They took 113,000 in taxes. How? I don't know how that worked. And he was out there just spending money reckless, uh, buying a Trans Am, buying a house, you know, but, yeah, we 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 kind of go into into depth about that Rocky math, um, and everything. Uh, I think we we I think we trust Scott Steiner math over Rocky math. But, I do. I, I, I think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the episode uh, that'll be out um, Friday. Um, since we're recording here on Thursday, so it'll actually be up before this episode is posted. Um. And everything, but yeah, I mean, we just pretty much working our way through the Rocky films, and we're gonna do the Creed because Creed is a part of Rocky, so yeah, those, those will be mixed in as well towards the end. But yeah, for the rest of the years, it's it's all about Rocky, so yeah. Sounds good, sounds good. And as far as I'm concerned, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Moneymaker Chris as well as Instagram DC Sports Fan. 23 also my other ig page at um the moneymaker 315 uh follow this page's ig page uh, at um the grand slam podcast on instagram as well as our twitter page at slam underscore podcast you know you know you know, we, you know off season everything i still be posting stuff on there anything that happens during the off season you know baseball wise uh check out my website the cash and experience dot com everything is up on there blog product you name it anything they have going on is up on the website including the picks for nfl picks for week 11 they are currently up on the website so check check those out and oh shout out to chrissy she made multiple appearances on here throughout the course of the season so shout out to her we enjoyed having her on the show this season so shout out to her um any last words to close out the episode and close out the season um, you know what? I really don't have anything. So. Okay, okay. Just um, another great season of the Grand Slam podcast. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, everybody that's listening. You guys take care. Be safe as always. And we will see you next season. Peace out. Peace.